Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of Conscious Conversations. I'm your host V Casarora and today we're going to tackle the topic of confidence. Now we see so many people that have and display the power of confidence. Now confidence instills within us an attitude that creates the idea and desire to make things happen as well as the belief that it will happen. When you're faced with difficult challenges and strong opposition confidence elevates you and empowers you giving you the resilience to work through adverse situations that challenge you which are inherent in the pursuit of achieving your goal and your dreams now my guest today is a confidence coach a public speaking mentor and well-known personality in the indian media she has also had an illustrious career as a tv presenter internationally Her sessions on productivity, communications and mastering effortlessly human connections are considered pioneering and game-changing for many organizations around the world. Not only that, she's the author of a best-seller book Bedazzle: The Art and Science of Confidence where she shares the tips and tricks, the things that you can embody on a day-to-day basis that will give you the confidence that you need. Now with a passion in NLP, She has mastered the science of neuro-linguistic programming and founded Speak to Inspire Academy. Whereas a confidence coach, she has inspired hundreds of professionals and leaders to become impactful speakers and voice their powerful story. She's also the director at a content distribution company, One Take Media Company. And not only that, she's my baby sis and someone very dear to me that constantly challenges me and gives me the ability to find the confidence within me and I hope that you'll gain something from today so without further ado I'd like to welcome Dr Shamni Kera to conscious conversations so i mean this has been well first of all this is my first guest podcast for 2023 and i'm so happy to be joined by someone very dear to me very close to me who I've been begging to come on the the podcast for god knows how long I even flew to India and we spent time together and we still didn't get time <laughs> to jump on the podcast but um Dr Shami Kera or Shami as I like to call her is very dear to me she's my soul sister she is my sister she's my cousin sister my baby cousin sister but she has achieved so much in life and so first of all welcome Shamli thank you you're going to leave me a little teary eyed after that very warm welcome <laughs> but thank you so much i'm so grateful that you're on it's you know and it's it's that we're finally doing this i know we've been planning this since a while but uh, better late than never i'm so happy to be a first 23 that really feels special i know it's going to be amazing now before we jump in the topic of today is about confidence and very much so the topic of your book i've got a copy I should have brought it with me to get it signed. So bedazzle, um, uh, just one of the one of the the very sort of uh, one of the talents that 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 this young lady has. Um, but before we jump in, I want to take a step back. I want to take a step back and um, kind of you know, you studied medicine, right? I did. If, if people go onto your social media, go onto LinkedIn, go onto anywhere, Doctor Shamli Kara, but you studied medicine. That's right. How did that? How did that choice, that, that, that kind of chosen career path lead to being an entrepreneur, being an author and having a career dedicated to media? Well, 
I would rephrase that as I don't think medicine was a chosen career path. It was not chosen by me for sure. It was chosen by <laughs> and i was being a dutiful daughter and you know kind of following those uh, footsteps or that paths that was laid in front of me and it was a very um, um typical mentality at the time that if you're good at studies or if you know you are adept at science you end up being um, either a doctor or an engineer and i was very clear maths was not my favorite subject which left bio as uh, you know biology um as an option and it, it was a very funny way because every when i was growing up and you know you go to these parties where there are um uh, guests ask you so what do you want to be when you grow up and like those kind of and before i would answer because i, I would still be thinking and my parents would be like oh she's going to be a doctor or she's going to be a doctor so i think stuff got built maybe that is my path i mean since i really didn't know what else i liked it it just like i flowed through it and um, i i call myself a product of uh, ips that is the indian parental society yes. because oh we I, all yeah <laughs> fields were not um, known of or encouraged so i don't blame them what they were looking at was uh, for our daughter to have um, you know a career path that's safe that's uh, driven and that's protected that's the 100% a sure shot uh, successful career option so i understand they were looking out for me and uh, when i got into medicine i think somewhere uh, i knew this is not for me just because i can do it doesn't mean i want to do it so, uh, so somewhere i was between this whole thing of responsibility and duty and what my, i want to do like my desire mm. um, and because i don't appreciate or um, you know like the concept of dropping off midway because somewhere it felt to me like admitting failure because that was not true it was not because it's below my capacity it's because it was of not my interest so uh, but i said who all am i going to go out and explain this all the time that well i could actually do it but i didn't do it so i i said that's not <laughs> what i want to say is i will do it so i was at it for 5 years i finished medicine and uh, in a very firmy manner when uh, you know my uh, sorry in a very firmy manner when my you know the entire graduation was done i told my parents can i just take a year off and you know if things don't work out i'm certainly going to come back to it and that never happened like i never came back <laughs> in that year off i pursued theater i knew it was something to do with performing arts mm. that i wanted again i didn't know what space i knew it also had to be intellectual so that left movies out i knew it had to be in my control um uh, so you know the, the life of glamour but like not in a way that's not in my control so i was i think trying to zero in it started from theater and it went to television and i think somewhere that career kind of just uh, started writing itself because i just started following uh, what i'm good at and what i like to do and which i think is uh, is the classic ikigai formula that we all should follow yes yeah 100% and and i love the fact you mentioned that ips because i call it i i i call it the the the, the delhi syndrome which is doctor engineer lawyer and highly influential right so you know that's the indian parental system so you know uh, or some some people call it the dal you know with the dal generation doctor accountant lawyer so especially mm. in the UK um but it's funny right. how we all fall foul of that and um but you'd always been on stage right i know at college you you were so passionate about drama you you know both both off stage and on stage you know behind kind of orchestrating what goes on no doubt right. that must have been where your passion started how did you overcome those paradigms of you know the conditioning 
from mum and dad? I know because both mum and dad are very strong personalities. And for those people, I- you know, Shamli's dad is is my uncle, so so I've got to be careful what I say. As no, well. we're not podcast to them. It's never happening. Us <laughs> <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, conditioning ran really deep, and like you rightly said, both of them are such power packed personalities that you start uh, believing everything you hear. You do start thinking that's your truth. and i think that was my biggest um, fight within myself because i really hated myself for not wanting what they want me mm. to do i there was this uh, internal battle where i was constantly beating myself up about you are crazy people die to be a doctor and what is wrong with you and you're silly to like put this off so i think it uh, for the world to accept me was easier but for me to accept my own desires was uh, a lot more tough i think after that that acceptance things started flowing but it was that battle because like you rightly said uh, i loved the stage uh, even though i've grown as an introvert uh, i think my mom uh, is very foundational in me participating in all these elocution and debate and stage competitions she was very encouraging for me to be uh, you know in the public eye or uh, participating in all these competitions and uh, so i think samashi is very instrumental in me discovering my love for these arts and mm. uh, uh, the creative fields um uh, but just like um, my father very strongly and very upfront told me that listen theater and creative and all of this is extracurricular activities they don't run the home and at that point maybe he was right so i really didn't have a very strong argument to give him i didn't have any strong icons around me who would prove him wrong none in our family none uh, you know in our relatives who i would say look at him he did it uh, so i really didn't have a strong argument against it so i think for me what worked is that if i never do it like if i try and fail that that's fine with me but if i never try i think i'm never going to be able to live by it i'm going to be this really uh, grouchy grumpy old auntie in the 50s and 60s uh it's people from pursuing their passion you know because that happens when you yeah. don't get what you become that person who can't see others happy pursuing their passion and i've met such people and uh, i i was I think somewhere it was fear of failure also that stopped me because you're like going against the logical uh, things, logical flow, what your parents are warning you against. Um, but I think once you overcome that fear of failure, um, that's when roads start to open. And I realized that actually the world is pretty cool and accepting. Like you just have to show your talent, and they're like, "Hey, come here. This is your platform, and hey, this is your stage." So it's it's just about. Uh, going out there and giving yourself and i think once i did that once uh, they started seeing my parents started seeing me coming on tv i'm interviewing sharukh and amitabh and they were like how is she doing this and somewhere i think by the third year uh, there was some level of acceptance like i very clearly remember this moment at a, a party where we all had gone it was you know a family function and uh, the years before that my father would introduce me as oh that's dr shamli khera and in the back i'd be like dad i also do theater and i'll be like <laughs> and in the third year my dad is like oh that's dr shamli khera and she has a tv show of her own and i i think that for me was like acceptance the fact that he's publicly yeah. acknowledged 
fact that now I'm also on television and uh, um, I do this as a career and not uh, just as passion. I think that uh, was like hitting the nail in the head for me. And I was like, this is it now. He's accepted now. Now this is my path. I'm, I'm done proving now. That's all that counts, right? Dad's acceptance, the rubber stamp. You've got the rubber stamp, right? I got the rubber stamp, so now it's me against the world. Like, I have them with me, so it's fine. So, so you, you mentioned, obviously, um, sort of the, your, your uh, springboard into your TV career. And, uh, and you know, that, that started so much more for you. But did you ever, over that time, obviously, you know, confidence being a big thing, because you're with big personalities, right? You know, I mean, think, you know, Amitabh Bachchan, Shahrukh Khan, you know, Farhan Akhtar, you're all in front of some of the biggest names in the industry. At some point, confidence does kind of, you know, am I, you know, imposter syndrome, probably the biggest, biggest factor playing out. Did you ever feel that? And if so, what was your go to to kind of overcome? What was it? What was it? What was your kind of, this is what I need to step into? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, knowing for example you know two or three days prior that you are going to be meeting this personality so you do get some time for mental preparation get out your system <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's funny because you uh, people expect you to be really cool because they're like huh, so it's your job so it's a big deal but deep inside you know you're just this little girl who's just come out of like you're still that person in your head right so I'm like oh I need to be cool this part of my job but somewhere I'm like freaking out um I think uh the nerd in me really helped because uh over preparation is one of my uh I don't know key points or uh, either a good thing or a bad thing but I think over preparation uh has been in uh, my DNA since mm. the time it be it uh, uh, for school, for studies I was an A grade student or uh be in medicine you know you, you want the to doctor in you yeah, you do always want to work towards uh, perfection. So I think that part of me stayed with me. So if, for example, you tell me I do want to, I have to interview Amitabh two days later, um, I would make sure I know everything about him. Like, I don't want to be in the dark. I want to know for which movie he is here. I may want to know uh, what he might be wearing. So maybe I can weave that in a conversation. Uh, what is he coming with? What was the you know latest personal event that happened so that I don't, uh, you know, pop him the wrong way. Uh, and just observing some of their previous interviews or watching them while they are there. Sometimes you get so many visual cues from the personality that they are. Um, I think preparation or over-preparation really helps. So then you're looking at it as a project. I never let myself get overwhelmed with the uh, on-screen persona that they have because at yeah. the end of the day, I tell myself that um, they are just um, actors with a profession that happens to be in the public limelight. And if I look at it like that, then I'm approaching their profession as an art. And that makes my conversation so much easier with them. And they appreciate that I come from a space of uh, wanting to talk about their art. And I'm not here because, you know, uh, one of us is smitten or uh, I want to know about their personal life. Um, so I think somewhere, um, because I'm personally also not a very gossipy person, I think it helped that the actors trusted in... <laughs> speaking with me but it like my uh, channel producers were never happy because they would always you know we had these little uh, talk bags from where they would poke me or ask him if he's seeing her ask him if he's like <laughs> I would just take it out and just continue it because and I would go back and talk to my producer and be like I am not having that kind of conversation if yeah. you want please hire someone else. I'm not getting into that. I'm here to talk about their movie. So, of course, um, that's also something that works in certain people for their careers and if they're mm. okay with that, them. Uh, but I realized with 
time that I also have a very strong value system, which I may not exchange for, uh, you know, uh, steps on a ladder, like just because it may give, get me two more shows, um, I may not exchange that. So somewhere I think that uh, integrity was very dear to me and that really helped me keep my uh, head stable while having conversations with these people. So I think, I mean, Shami, thank you for that. Because I think what, what, what I'm getting is like, if you think about Again, taking that step back to when you were studying medicine and, you know, fo following sort of obviously trying to fulfill what our parents have always given us. Education is always the foundation of, of, of in, in our culture, actually, I mean, in every culture, but more so in Eastern culture. And, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I agree to some extent. Um, but I think if you think about the decision that you made, it was probably your first step into self-confidence is that I'm doing this but I know I want to do this. This is where my passion is. Passion being kind of one of the core components of getting confident. Because if you have passion in something, you know, mm. have a true desire to actually follow that and fulfill that. No doubt that, you know, you know that you, you, you either have the ability to achieve mm. what you're passionate about, or you will go out and seek to learn yeah. and build those skills so that you, you can fulfill your passion is probably yeah. one of the steps towards becoming confident, but also from your point is overcoming some of your fears. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very, very valid question that's making me think now. I remember thinking when I <clears throat> went to one of these television interviews for the role of a presenter, um, I knew I'm not from a background of mass media and I knew that can just work against me. So um, there were times when, and I'm very proud of the fact that I've done medicine, which is one of the most difficult uh, uh, courses for a person to do it's mentally um, draining it's physically draining the amount of hours that you put I think number one knowing the fact that I could do it I conquered it I didn't mm. leave it between and I um, you know came out with flying colors itself built a certain level of confidence that if I can do this yeah I can think that was number one and I think number two when I would step into these um, interviews or the channels, I would really go with a hungry mind. Like I knew I have nothing to back up except the confidence that I have that I can do it. But skills, I don't know. Um, the right way of, um, um, you know, is there a right way of taking an interview? I don't know. Is it scientified or like, uh, is there a book or a course that I can do about it? I don't know. So I think most of the things that I learned about it were on the go, on the set. And um, hunger, number two, uh, one was knowing that I did something as difficult as medicine. And I think number two, hunger of wanting to learn. I didn't walk in with this feeling that, oh, I know I'm, you know, <laughs> what is it? Because do you do, media is treated as something that anyone can do it. You don't need high marks. Uh, you don't need to be super intelligent. I remember modeling was looked down upon so much as uh, someone who was... Um, you know, who doesn't do well gets into modeling or acting. So this was a general stereotype at the time. Today, actors have a platform to speak. So we understand that they are intelligent in a different dimension, mm. may not your regular academia. Uh, but that time I was also, you know, fighting that stereotype. So I remember walking into, um, you know, any meeting and I would make sure that person knows that I'm actually a doctor, but I'm perceived because somewhere I wanted to be like, I don't want to be perceived like this girl, like this glamorous girl who's dumb and in the media. So uh, I think I was fighting my own stereotypes. No power. Yes, but I think that helped build confidence of just yeah. going learning and not reminding myself that I'm not from that background. I think that would have really 
uh, worked in making me underconfident. If every time I thought of I'm not a mass communication student or I'm not a mass media person, and I I think I would just stuff that thought somewhere deep in my con. I would not never acknowledge it. It would come. I would never acknowledge it, and I would keep reminding myself that I have the intelligence to do this. Then this should be a piece of cake. Yeah. I, I like that. I think that you know the the, the aspect of self confidence is actually the, the belief that you have in yourself and your abilities, and that you do stand for something. Uh, and we all have that. And I think for for many, it's it's getting in touch with what 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 do I stand for? What are my skills that stand me out of out of the other person? I mean, you know, if we think about ourselves from um, you know in terms of our our makeup as as human beings, no DNA is the same. Right. We're all unique individuals on this planet. So as a result, we all have our unique skills and our unique abilities. Uh, and confidence is one thing, or one of many things that we're not really born with, but we can build on it. Even if people say I don't have confidence, you can actually learn to become more confident by doing exactly what you've just said, you know, finding what you're passionate about, going out there, you know, having the right values, having a vision. And, you know, if a skill needs to be learned to help you achieve that, and that's a skill that you, you can build um, in your as a coach. Um, so you became a speaker coach as well. So, you know, by the way, this is one of one of the many facets that that this young lady has. There are more um, as well as owning a media company. And that's for another day um, as a public speaker coach. What have been kind of the, the core signs that you have seen when coaching people? Uh, in terms of, because obviously public speaking is one of the biggest things that people fear. I love it, right? If someone gave me a stage, I'd be the. F I'm itching to get on there, right? I'm saying, give me the mic, and if and if you if you are Sonia, you know, I'm always even when we have a social gathering, there are times with my kids, the boys, and sometimes say, stop presenting, because I would be in front of a group of people as if I'm presenting or on stage. So uh, family trait. Uh, so I love the stage, but there are some people that are actually so fearful. Of right. getting on stage, what are the what right. are common signs that you see that you know that you share? You know how can they can overcome that fear, build the confidence of actually you know public because public speaking is tough. It is tough. It is. It is. I agree. I think a couple of things. One of the most uh, common things that people really uh, that stops them from getting on stage is um, the common notion that what will people think of me. Uh, we are, you know, people who are really worried about what are others' opinions of me uh, really hold themselves back. And number two is fear of basic failure. Like it's mm. not massive failure, fear of fumbling, fear of falling, fear of forgetting, you know, all the Fs there. Like uh, what, if I, what if I forget what I'm about to say or what if I stumble while I'm on my way? And um, because of all that, uh, people's opinions about me, about the persona, the image that I'm trying to create socially might change. So these are the things that generally stops a person. One of the most powerful things uh, that I suggest them to do is there is always one area that a person is really good at. It may not be public speaking, but let's say this guy is um, really good um, um, you know, at accounting. Maybe that's his job, um, a job. You know, the level of confidence that that person might feel while accounting, there is a certain level of belief, confidence, um, uh, knowing that you can crack it, even if it's a tough project, he'll be able to crack it. That um, that sense of knowing and capability has to be transferred to public speaking. It's, it's a that. NLP that we learn where you, you know, take mm -hmm. that confidence. Uh, one section and try to, you know, take to the other. So most of the times I do try to, 
get people into that zone you know to talk them into what they are really good at and somewhere take inspiration from their own art the section that they're good at and transfer it to this thing so i will i've realized i will give them the skills i'll give them the tips the tricks and all of that but this internal validation this internal belief is something that they have to work on their own and this is something the internal convincing has to be done by them so mm. i remember i started coaching for public speaking was really very um, external it was about voice modulation body language this is how you should look this is where you should look at the audience and all of that and when i started coaching you know uh, theoretical wise i thought i was ready and uh, when i started coaching when i you know started listening to them i realized just giving them this little handbook of what is to be done will not help there needs to be an internal shift in their mind before they take that stage and before they really start believing that i have value to give to the audience who wants to hear me mm. that belief has to be really stimulated within so i think uh, that's where nlp came into play where i was like i need to you know uh, learn the science and use it to bring that shift and um, yes these are some of the common things and being an intrinsic introvert since my young days i feel that if i can make the switch from a superb uh, introvert kind of profession which is like medicine or science to the most extrovert profession there is i think if i can do it i am very confident that anyone can which is what makes me uh, such a good coach because i start with the the belief that you can do it i i really believe because i am an example of it happened and i can vouch for that i can vouch for that shamali has blossomed and grown into a big personality she was one that used to stay quiet and just stay <laughs> sit there she was whereas your whereas dimpy was the loud one out of both of you right and you have kind of blossomed i mean i think that's beautiful i think you know the personal experience is is so powerful when we go through it right and 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 how we evolve and change ourselves and then that gives us the the impetus to actually go out and help others and i think because we see that we see us our old selves in other people and we just want to help them so i love that um we we're, we're coming to down got one more question so very quick tip on to i mean you highlighted so many for those that are that are keen to actually take an active role in building their confidence and helping themselves grow other than buying this amazing book it has all right amazing india us uk uh um, and plug plug um <laughs> but other than that what daily practices would you suggest that people could start by listening to this podcast straight away what can they do today so i think one of the most powerful exercises that has worked for me is there are times when we are low um by the way it it's even true for me i mean i may talk about confidence uh, all the time as a part of my profession as well but there are times when i hit lows and when i hit lows it's uh, pretty much like i mean no one can help me out of it my highs are very highs my lows are as lows uh, but i think one of the things that really helps is uh, recounting the things uh, that you're good at recounting your accomplishments i think some somehow just spending time with your past successful self really kind of rebuilds um, you know those little cracks that if you've done it once you can do it again you can replicate that uh, state where you know you produced that great successful project again yeah. 
I think one of it's a very it's a short five if I were to like uh, break it down it's a short five minute practice sit with the book uh, think about five things that you're proud of uh, that you accomplished in the past five years it could also be like mending a relationship with someone um, mm -hmm. that was grown not be a successful uh, career project only there are so many things that sometimes I feel we um, don't account for that uh, that we are successful for for we are constantly thinking about. This is what worked well for me at work. And the fact that you have a great, um, you know, family life, you may have kids, you may have parents who are healthy or who you may see once a week. Uh, all of these are things that we take for granted or where, that we see are, oh, everyone has that. So I think mm. maybe we term it as gratitude, but I would still put it as accomplishment at some point because the fact that you spent time in nurturing those relationships, uh, you should yourself a pat on the back um so i think one is that practice that's um, absolutely amazing um number two i would say is um knowing what you're working towards i think many a times when i feel frustrated uh, i realize it's because i haven't been able to work a step towards my goal on that day like if i'm very frustrated today by end of day and i'm like everything is fine what happened i realize maybe i spend the day doing chores doing tasks that actually um you know maybe admin level but not actually working towards my creative goal yeah. and that's frustration comes from sometimes it's a spiral effect you know you come on the next day you're like oh you're already late and by the third day you're like you know what forget it it's just work let me just leave it so um i think picking yourself up from um what you have or you know moving forward with what you have this is a very powerful statement that helps me every time there are times when i feel i lost time uh, i wish i would have you know taken that project uh, i've lost years um i get this like even after i finished medicine my first thought was I lost five years, mm. like five years of my young life, um, uh, you know, of my um, anti-aging, unsagging youth that would never come back. <laughs> but the minute I keep, uh, you know, hogging onto that thought, it's it's not productive at all. And the minute I switch off and say, let's move forward with what I have today, I always uh, find myself um, solutions popping up. So I think these two things can really, really help. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Right. Before we end, I end on bringing, bringing the tone down a bit. Um, and I call it my, my deep dive last five. So this oh. is really getting deep into, into you. Yeah. So, um, I've got five questions. Okay. Don't put too much thought into it, but be honest as much as you can. Thank you. Uh, throwbacks to like coffee with current kind of environment. Not kind of that, a bit like that. Yeah. A bit like that. So, what is your biggest vice? Sorry? What is your biggest vice? Procrastination. I should be saying that, but it. <laughs> I thought you were going to come out with like, you know, uh, I don't know, ice cream or something. But hey, procrastination. I like that. Okay. How do you deal with that then? How do I deal with that? Um, I take it as my um, uh, brewing creative period because it's true. Every time I come out of it, my next days are super, super productive. Like even if I want, I can't, like I'm just on a roll. And then there's suddenly this lag in Slack where I'm again putting off tasks. But I realize that's just my working manner. I like, I think I kind of collect creative energy till it builds up and it's bursting at the seams and darling, all the work gets into place. So now I accept it as my pattern, but yes, I have to keep a check on it till it, um, um, so that I'm not, you know, losing the train. I yeah. need to 
be so at least i finish the admin level tasks on days i'm creatively low so that when i'm ready i don't have all of that to bother about you know the family trait procrastinate i call it productive and creative procrastination see <laughs> there we so go okay greatest netflix or prime show of all time oh my god there are so many interesting mm hmm I love psychological thrillers. I don't know if that's something that suits my uh, profession, but there is this um, one that I remember now called You, which is um, uh, which you know which one I'm talking about. It's about this guy who, and he's a librarian, so he like loves books and he's very creative about the way he goes around killing people. But he's also finding the virtue in it. So it's just so crazy at yeah. many psychological levels. I love it. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. We're really getting into deep dive into Shamli's mind now. So, so <laughs> what new skill have you picked up the last 12 months? Um, that's a good question. I don't know, actually, because I think I've been pretty good at almost everything that I've been doing recently. Uh, maybe directing an entire shoot could be something that... Uh, uh, you can count as a skill. So there was a time when, um, you know, I had a team do it for me, but the last few months I put myself in a position where I'm taking up more projects to shoot for other people, which is just not for our uh, media house. Uh, so I recently shot, um, you know, videos for one of my friends uh, who's launching an OTT app. And uh, I managed the entire shoot. I directed the way everyone should be speaking um, from the level of production, from uh, a to the edited videos, A to Z completely. So I would say that's a skill that I've recently mastered and I'm very proud of it. Amazing. Amazing. You see no, 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 no end to your talent. Absolutely not. I still feel so much more. One book that you would read over and over again. Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Oh. I think it's probably time to read it again. I think until now I've read it. It's it's a really big book and it takes me about 15 days to finish it if I do have like a parallel job. But I think every time it uh, centralizes my thought, you know, there are times when you kind of feel what's your purpose, why are you doing things for, uh, you know, who's looking, why, why are you even doing what you're doing? But I feel every time I read Fountain it's such a classic case of two people who are born on the same day, but who are given different opportunities and how they excel in life. Like there's one person who's given all the riches in the world and you would think that he ends successful in the book. But there's this other guy who's not given the riches, but he's given skill, talent and the hunger to learn and how he rises to the top. So Howard Rourke is the name of the protagonist. And I, I think he's my hero because um, he's just like you you give him air and he'll make something out of it or you give him nothing and he'll still make sure that um, he succeeds at whatever he starts so I think that is one book that keeps reminding me that whatever we need is inside us and we just need to kind of you know source it out and figure I love it to repeat the book Fountainhead by it's Fountainhead by Ayn Rand A-Y-N-R-A-N-D beautiful thank you and finally your favorite restaurant and why? My favorite restaurant. Interesting. Hmm. 
I am not a very outdoorsy person. I look all like super confident and ready to take the floor and everything. I really do like to have a quiet meal at home. Uh, but if uh, put a gun to my head, I think I would probably choose indigo, which is um, right around the corner uh, near my house. And it serves uh, the best pasta, the best thin crust pizza and the best souffle. You didn't take me. didn't because it was shut for renovation i have <laughs> next time next time next thank time shami thank you so much thank so much. you thank you this is such a pleasure it was i love this is totally like fun. deep yeah yeah and if people want to find you on instagram and linkedin it's at shamli kera that's right that's it yeah. simple i'll add it in the notes thank you everyone and wish you good health Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, then you can message me and follow me on Instagram at vcasaurora1. So until we meet again, and as always, I hope you truly have an abundant day and I will see you soon on Conscious Conversations.